It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Oh, Anthony Weiner, this man is culturally appropriating my name first. <laughs> I was Curtis before Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. And now they're playing his birthday song, In the Club. Because it's going to be my 69th birthday tomorrow. Very nice. You know, some people read that story about Takashi 69 getting whooped in the bathroom down at his uh, training center in Florida when the bloods came in and gave him the beatdown of his life. Because snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. This guy looks like a Joker too, And he barely survived. No, 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 no. That's not what the 69 means. No, no, no. But, um... Anthony, uh, yesterday I did not have a chance to uh, listen to Andrew Cuomo in his debut performance here on WABC as a talk show host. Because I had to run out and respond to the cat signal that was put up by my <laughs> wife Nancy. As cats had been hermetically sealed into the basement areas of the Queens Bridge Projects, the largest in the nation projects. And I had to go down there and flex with the guardian angel with a grinder ready to break in, and Knight just said, hey, we'll arrest you. I don't I, understand the story. They, they were locked in where? They had been hermetically sealed into the basements uh, because Knight didn't want the cats in there. Problem is the cats were being taken care of by the residents who would feed them and water them, and in return, by having the cats, no rats, no mice, no rodents. Right. But NYCHA, in its uh, lack of uh, knowledge... And wisdom hermetically sealed the basements so that the cats could not go in and out. They were dying. And so I got the You orders. mean the cats were inside when they did yeah. the, the sealing? Yeah, meowing, meowing. Yeah. Well, you know, the nature workers, they just follow orders from headquarters. And so I said, I'm going to start unsealing these portals because it's the only way that the cats could come in and out and get their food and water and then stay there when it's inclement and chase away the rats and mice. So they were ready to arrest me. I even on Channel 4, I put my, my wrists up. I said, look, I've been locked up 77 times. You want to put me on Rikers for this? Been there, done that. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, trucks, nitro trucks, grinders. They're opening up the portals. We extricated the cat. So I wasn't able to listen to the debut performance of Andrew Cuomo, the former governor, with our own uh, owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, talk show host in his own right. Uh, he was sort of like, I'm going to use a religious phrase here, John the Baptist baptizing Andrew Cuomo into talk radio. Because Andrew Cuomo uh, has done podcasts. Podcasts is not talk radio. Correct. As you've learned, you do both. But because it's your one-year anniversary, I can say, having been side-by-side side with you once a week, you have progressed magnificently from where you were originally, which is everybody. Took me three years to get comfortable in talk right, radio. Right. Three years, and I was doing it almost every day. Uh, I was at the meeting the other day. We introduced our candidate in Astoria, who's going to run against Kaban uh, Kelly Klingman, and a lot of the moderate Democrats were there. Say, oh, I, I really look forward to that show. Uh, I mean, man, Anthony's really gotten comfortable and good because 
nobody comes out, you know, like all of a sudden they're a superstar. It, it just doesn't happen. It, it's very, very difficult. It takes time. So I think uh, I heard some of your analysis. Obviously, I have some analysis, uh, but it was his baptism last night, not in the River Jordan, because if you've ever <laughs> been to Israel, it is the most disappointing part of Israel. It's a little trickle, you know, of water. So we'll, Even though that's my son, his name for the River Jordan. I know, but, but I've always said, having been there, if there's ever a major war in the Middle East, it will not be over oil or olive oil. It'll be over water because nobody right. has water. Right, right. You look at the River Jordan. So he got his baptism last night. And I will say this. He suffers from Cuomo-itis. He needs to listen to the old shows that his father did back in 2015. You talk about jumping right into the fire. The old WABC hired Mario Cuomo to do a Saturday afternoon talk show, very similar to this. One hour, two hours, I think it was two hours. National. They rolled it out to 124 stations. They wanted it as the antidote to Rush Limbaugh, who at that time was on WABC, the biggest in the nation. And he needs to listen to his father because his father would give an introductory remark. It was like he's at the Moscone Center, you know, back in, uh, what it was, in 1984, uh, when all of a sudden Geraldine Ferraro was the vice presidential running mate and uh, one of the most boring candidates of all <laughs> from Minnesota was the uh, presidential candidate. Walter Mondale. That's right. And Mario gave a speech uh, in which buttons were out the next day, Mario Cuomo for president, the next cycle. That's not what talk radio is. It's not speeches. And you really got to truncate your remarks as you've learned. And last night, I, I, I detected there was a lot of Cuomo-itis in him. You know, where he would answer a question, then he would go to the other side, answer it from that side, figure out, am I offending anybody? Let me well, backtrack. But, you know, but here's the thing, though. It, first of all, here's, here, you're actually an interesting person to ask this, because I'm of the belief that if you're on the radio, but you're thinking in the back of your head you want to run for office in the future, and so you've got to constantly be putting everything through a politician's editing. It's not going to come out well. The reason you did well in your thing is that the authentic you on the radio was exactly what you brought out there to the campaign trail. You're like, I'm going to live or die with that. Yes. I'm not going to try to figure out some intermediate thing. With him, I had the sense every answer was going through kind of a sanitizing 2000 machine that he brought along. And he never did anything to be at all critical of, wait for it, the Republicans. It was only as if he was, all right, I'm here at ABC, I look around, I see it's a largely conservative voice station, and I'm going to try to do those talking points. The classic politician thing to do. The only other thing that came through was he's just settling scores. You know, I'm a guy, I don't like Biden. Well, Biden was his friend, you know, he, he, he said Biden should never have opened up the borders, like, like talking points right out of Fox News. So if anything, the thing that he can learn from his dad is the idea of, like, believing what you believe and making a good case for it. There wasn't really anything like that. Now, it could be that he thinks, okay, my path to coming back is not as a Democrat. It's as an independent, which gets a bunch of Republican votes. Maybe that's what he thinks. But as a radio thing, and you, you've you shown me this, and, I, and you know, frankly, I, I owe you a debt, you know, because when we started out – for the first few months, it was the two of us together before they started, let's try to do an hour yourself because I had to kind of get what the flow is. Sure. And uh, and the other thing is is that 
you know, you, you, these open-ended questions that John does. So what the heck is going on? May sound to people who in the traditional media, like what a terrible question to ask, but when it's with someone who is used to surgically looking at a question, it kind of leaves them to kind of just a more open-ended question reveals that they don't have anything specific that they're trying to Well, the one thing uh, his father, Mario, had, you could have asked Mario, what time is it on the radio? Simple question, right? Simple answer. Yeah. And he would tell you how a watch works. (laughs) He would go on and on and on and on and then bore you. So if Andrew Cuomo is going to um, make this part of his, uh, we'll call it stable of options, uh, as he tries his comeback, because everybody knows it's a comeback. A, the stage call's got to go. Yeah. I listen to WABC callers. Those first few callers, yeah, yeah, yeah. never listen to WABC in your life. They were giving speeches. They I wasn't were... sure. I, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to point that out. But no, no, yeah, I, I mean, am. You know. I've been doing this 35 <laughs> years. I can identify almost anybody calling in. I said... I even said to Rich Radavalli, hey, what are you doing, cherry-picking calls? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until the end that we were getting some real WABC callers. Yeah. But in the beginning, oh, you're wonderful, you're great, uh, we these, need you, these, you should de- run. Yeah, these detailed questions about the budget. This, uh, process, you know, this yeah. crook, uh, Reverend Cockfield, calls up who took, like, uh, millions of dollars to run moderate Democrats against DSA candidates and... Couldn't even answer where 700,000 of it went. You know, it's like the last day. And, hey, you know, you haven't spent 700,000. Well, uh, you know, it's sort of like that's not good talk radio. Well, look, I, getting back to my, my point is that if he wants to make a comeback, I don't think that talk radio is the place to do it unless you say to yourself, I know exactly who I am. I'm going to break some eggs to make these omelets. If someone goes back, if I ever run for office again, I have said enough time on this. I'd like, you know, I support it as part of a, an immigration compromise, building the wall. You have to be in the moment on on a, on a, a network like this where you're prepared to take real stands on something. You can't say, oh, I'm against that. I don't want to have taxes raised, and let's do something about crime. He said, let's, we've got, Democrats have to do something about crime about five times. Okay, let's hear you take. These are tough things to say. Let's. Let's see where you are in some of these things. He must acknowledge, as you've acknowledged, your mistakes. Oh, he did none of that. And I'm not talking personally. I'm talking about, A, I signed the no-bail bill. That was a mistake. you got to say that because everybody knows that. He can't run from that. Number two, the other statement that will haunt him forever, and he needs to address it, America was never a great nation. We heard that here at WABC over and over and over. Now, you got to address it right out of the box. And then thirdly, a caller at the end called from Manhattan. He said, well, in 2014, you said that if we didn't agree with you, we should leave. And so he vacillated a bit. Well, that's a long time ago. He danced around. He said it because when I came on at night, I played what he said with John to the caller, and then I played what he said in 2014, because as you know, I have the biggest collection of Andrew <laughs> Cuomo's statements that will haunt him to the day, and he should get it all out. I was wrong. You see, if you acknowledge you were wrong, people are now more open to listen to you and say, hey, you know, I was moving in a certain direction, and it was not good for the state. I'll acknowledge Or, or do the opposite. Say, you know why I said that? Because this is what's wrong with the Republican Party in 15 and what's wrong with it today. It's these five said, you know, I have I have said 10 times on my show, here's why I'm a Democrat. 
he didn't sound he didn't seem prepared to really defend anything. But that question was a perfect example. He hemmed and hawed and didn't. It's, but the answer should have been, all right, that was in reference. Here's why I said that. And I believe that to this day. By the way, and all this talk about the the what is the language he kept using, kind of the irrational people on the left. Yes. This is a guy who raced to his left, sprinted to his left yep. when he had a primary. Oh, for sure. And, you know, and, and created new party lines to attract left leaders. So it's like, you know, don't be. Don't, but I think you're I think the thing that you said that is most salient is that he's got to concede. And I and I put this in the term of 12 step when, when I just did my show. You've got to take your own inventory first before you come back and start to point to the other side of the street. Yours has to be clean. And that part he hasn't done yet. And radio, if you're going to do that, I think listeners will respond to you. Give me a perfect example. Sid had a great interview with the great boxing trainer and analyst Teddy Atlas from Staten Island, who I've known for years. He used to work with Gus D'Amato up in the Catskills. He trained Mike Tyson. Right, Gus D'Amato. Right. He brought up from Brownsville, and he was, like, out of control as a human being. They developed him as a fighter, but the guy was out of control. He tried to rape, I believe it was, uh, Teddy Atlas's uh, niece. Teddy Atlas took a gun out, was ready to blow his brains out, and then Gus D'Amato defended uh, Tyson. Said, oh, you got to leave the camp. Uh, Mike Tyson, despicable human being for so long. And he tells Mel Gibson, because Mel Gibson is consulting with him, Mike, they all love you now. What the hell happened? You were a rapist. You beat people up. You were vile. You were despicable. He goes, Mel, when I would go on The View and all the ladies' programs in the afternoons, I would ask for the Kleenex box, and I would just start crying. He goes, your problem, Mel, is you don't cry. You, 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 you don't appear, you don't address, you don't cry. I threw myself on, on, on the sword, and I start crying like a little kid. See, Andrew will never do that. His pride won't allow him to say, I was wrong. In typical Cuomo fashion, that, that's the way he's at it. But from the aspect of the technique of a talk show host, he's got to truncate his remarks. Nobody wants to hear speeches. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear Hamlet on the Hudson the second it's like somebody asks you a question, have a direct answer. Don't ham and haw. That's, that's a killer in talk radio. Yeah. Now, could he become a very good talk show host? Yeah, because he knows where everyone's bones are buried yeah. and who buried them. If he relates some stories that nobody knows about, I mean, that's solid gold. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And plus, he's smart. He's articulate. He's got all these things. He's, he's from, I mean, it, I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with kind of saying I've had, I've now come around and I believe these different things. But, but, but yeah, he, he has, he has to do it better. But I do think, I do think that he believes, and he's not wrong about this. I have the same belief that the way to, to do this is to talk directly to New Yorkers through radio. But you have to be ready to do it. And no, I, no, I don't, not at first. Yeah. I, I, I remember, think, remember what's the first thing I said to you? You're not talking to the callers first until they get to know you. Right, right. You, you are not. That's toxic. You go out there, and all those trolls out there, they're going to come to chop your legs off. Now, they guarded him last night. I know they were cherry-picking calls. It's not that people weren't calling. They were. But you could tell an adversarial call, and they were basically putting it to the sideline. We we came to the conclusion, you and I both agreed, no, before you take calls, Anthony, you got to find your talk radio sea legs. you got to get to right, know. Right, you have to find your voice. What yeah. you went through, your trials and tribulations, that you're back, but back in a different way. You're not the same Anthony Weiner. And it took months to establish that with listeners. 
He takes calls, real calls, not prepared calls. He's dead in the water. He's got to. He has to have somebody on, like a Republican. Unless he takes, unless he's, unless he sees that him t- taking his lumps is an important part he that he communicates. He can't. That he's changed. It, 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 his, his facade will not permit it. But if he gets a Republican on with him, and they spar, now you're talking. Now it's interesting. Yeah. With a Governor Pataki. Oh. That would blow up. That would be good. I mean, even though if you listen again, and and I, and I encourage all our listeners to do it, it's ter- certainly a good a good listen. I think right now he sounds more like a Republican, to be honest. Maybe it's just because he was yeah, on with John. Think of it. Round two, Pataki yeah. versus Cuomo, the son. Why not Rudy? No, no, no. Rudy's too. He's been doing this too long. Yeah. He'll eviscerate uh, Cuomo. You put Pataki in with Cuomo. Everybody wants to see how the son will do against the man who took out his father. That. Yeah, that would be good. Everybody would listen. Yeah, that would be good. You don't need calls there. Just George Pataki and Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and then let them work it out, just like you and I worked yeah. it out, so it's listenable. And then he could go on his own. Then he can go on I his own. I think you're onto something. That, that would be good. You do not turn the spigot open to calls because he will, he will, he will back himself into a wall and the talk radio listeners are better at this than the talk radio host who's just breaking into it and getting baptized by John the Baptist, uh, John Katzmatidis <laughs> last night. It was a good start. There's a lot, oh, a lot more to go. If he wants to continue to do this and add this to his portfolio of options, as LL Cool J says, this is not a comeback. When we come back, I better hear my LL Cool J. This is not a comeback. You got that? Don't call it a comeback. Right here on Left versus Right, Anthony Weenie, yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. It's uh, Anthony's one-year anniversary on the air. Boy, man, he's really improved enormously because he's worked at it. you got to work at this thing of ours. And who the hell ever thought I'd make it to 69? <laughs> Sunday, I'll be 69. Man, I'm like a cat who's used eight of my nine lives to be continued. Watch how I move and mistake before I play up here. Been hit with a few shells, but now I walk with a limp. In the hood, in the lady say It's the left versus the right. The left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. You know, Anthony Weiner, take the seven train to Willits Point. You go left, it's towards your favorite baseball park, City Field, for the Mets. But if you go right, which is the way I go, it's into Flushing Meadow Park, right towards the Unisphere. And as you're on that lane to the Unisphere, one of the greatest views in all of New York City. You see the big statue to LL Cool J with the boombox on his yeah, that's shoulder. Right, that's right. And I tell everybody, but he's not from Queens. He's from Bayshore, Long Island. What the hell is it doing here? Because it says Queens, LL Cool J. Not. But MCs, rappers, right? How did Jay-Z get to be where he is? How did Nas get to be where he is? Number three is considered like the third greatest rapper of all time, Jay-Z the first. They used to have battles. I was in Queensbridge last night. As you know, that was the home of of, uh, Nas. Marcy Avenue Projects was the home of Jay-Z. 
and they would have their battles, their rap battles, and thousands of people would show up. Mostly Jay-Z won, but sometimes Nas would, would, would get over on him, and you keep coming back for more and more and more. And so if both these men could put their ego aside, because both have equals, as anybody would have to if you run for the governorship of New York and then you have to operate as governor. Can you imagine in the studios at WABC, once a week, not more than that, Andrew Cuomo versus George Pataki. No calls. Just the issues they discuss. Sometimes they'll agree, other times they'll disagree. And the third rail will be any time the name Mario Cuomo comes <laughs> that's up. Because right. that's a sore point. I think... And I'm going to encourage Don Katsimatidis to try to do the shit-ock to bring them together. Because that's where Andrew can really do well. And Pataki is excellent at that. Remember, remember the debate? Yeah, but, Pataki, but Pataki's a little bit boring, isn't he? You think he'd be good at radio? With Cuomo, it, it'll be like gasoline on the fire. Well, I tell you, here's why it would be, you know, Pataki has aged well in terms of how he, because now we talk about how extreme Republican politics have gotten yeah. He was because he got elected in New York. He had to do it by being a fairly moderate candidate. You and I talked about him being a good prototype for Zeldin to look at during the campaign. Absolutely. But uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. The, the other thing would do it is it would give Cuomo someone to play off of. Like I think for one of the the problems he had last night is that you know he had John, he had the the you know the the, the called the setup callers, which I agree with you, and he didn't have anyone to kind of to tell us who you are. Like what's your thing. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that would be great. I got to tell great. you a side story. See, this would be great if you could tell this story. So I'm on with Ron Kuby at the time in the mornings. And Cuomo had just crashed and burned against Carl McCall. That was horrible, horrible. This is 94, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and he had, he had a sort of like bailout. And, you know, he had made the statements about George Vitaki being the coat holder for Rudy Giuliani. Eventually that all started just cascading. So he would actually call from the street and want to get on with me and Kubi. Naturally, Kubi was like, yeah, man, put him on. I said, no, no, he ain't getting on just because he's Cuomo. And I told the producer, introduce him to Mr. Click every time he calls. Oh, the program director went nuts at that time. Ron Kubi went nuts. What are you talking about? It's Andrew Cuomo. I said, he's a horrible caller. He doesn't get to the point. If you were a good caller... And he would make his point and get in and out. I would have no problem with that. But the guy wants to give a speech. No, that, that's a killer in talk radio. So that's why you put him in with Judge Pataki and him, the issues. Obviously, they agree on the issues beforehand. You don't want surprises because neither of them is an experienced talk uh, radio show host. And it'll be good radio. At yeah. first, it'll be a little bumpy. Uh, but it'll be good talk. By the way, I think that was two th- 2002. I misspoke. I think I said 94. 2002. And if you remember what happened in that race, another thing that might make your idea interesting is what sunk Cuomo, in addition to the fact he was running against Carmel Call, African-American, who was deemed to have kind of been waiting, he was next in line, is he made this famous gaffe where Cuomo described Pataki as nothing more than Giuliani's coat holder. Yes, yes. That really, and this was right after, this was 2002, I think 2002, maybe 2004, Right after it was still the the wounds were deep and Giuliani's, you know, Giuliani immediately jumped to Pataki's defense, et cetera. But, you know, he again, again, you know, like a lot of things, Cuomo became a better politician. I remember after that race, by the way, the one of the few times I've ever spoken to Andrew Cuomo, 
And by the way, he was not kind to me. I should put that on the record. He was not kind to me at all during my problems. No, no one was. I held no resentment against him. Most politicians ran for me at that time. But he did this charm offensive after 2002. He dropped out of the race. It was seen as if he is never going to see the light of day again. He he, um, he did this charm. He would call up Democratic politicians and say, hey, it's Andrew Cuomo. I know I've got a reputation for being a bit of a jerk. I just want to tell you, I understand that. Do you have anything you want to say to me, to, any advice or something like that? It was a very nice, charming. Better, better than that, Anthony. He would actually come to you and have sit-downs on a listening tour. This preceded Hillary Rodham Clinton's listening tour. Right. But it never changed him, in fairness. I mean, I, I think that it was good atmospherics, but he is still. And one of the things, and let me just say this in defense of Andrew Cuomo, one of the things that made him a good governor is that he was willing to be kind of a bull in a china shop. And it also got him in trouble that ultimately you make so many enemies being that style of a person. You probably can't find a single person in all of Albany who doesn't like Tom DiNapoli. Why? Because Tom DiNapoli has got no sharp edges on him at all. He's the smoothest rock in the sea. Uh, The other side of the coin is Andrew Cuomo, who did nothing but break kneecaps, even when it wasn't necessary. Uh, But there was that moment where he had his brother Fredo, who was doing a month-long Radio show with me on WABC from 3 to 5. He hadn't yet figured out, Chris Cuomo, what he wanted to do. He had been on 2020 ABC. WABC. No kidding. Yeah, for for a whole month from 3 to 5 in the afternoons. With the, that's the old WABC. Is there any Washington politician you haven't done a show with? No. The <laughs> question is, uh, uh, have I had more ex-wives or ex-radio partners? <laughs> anyway, so he's on. You, you, so just, for a month. Yeah. He hadn't yet figured out. He had left 2020. They were talking about maybe he'll be on Good Morning America. But no, he wanted to try talk radio. So he was in with me. The guy would never ever answer a question, because in the back of his mind, I don't want to give up being a reporter where we're not supposed to have opinions. Circle forward to uh, CNN, which became the Cuomo National Network. My God, he had opinions for everything. So after a month, the suit sat him down and said, you never have an opinion. This is not going to work for you, Chris. You need to go back to TV. So Chris calls me up, having had a good relationship, because. Would you meet with my brother? I know that you two guys are like two scorpions in a brandy glass, but he wants to meet with his adversaries. He comes up to Guardian Angel headquarters. I make sure nobody's there, 46 and 8th. He was on top of a triple X rated um, uh, <laughs> book uh, uh, parlor and video parlor. And he listened to me for 48 minutes. You know what it's like to have to sit there and listen to me eviscerate you? And I told him, stay away from Al Slim Shady Shark and stay away from that crowd because they're just going to take you down. Well, he listened for 48 minutes. He thanked me. He walked out. And next week, who did he meet with? Al Slim Shady Sharpton. And they, they did a shit-ock, and they made nice to each other. But he wanted to go on that listening tour. Hillary ended up doing that same thing, but she just sat there, stone-faced, right. and listened. Well, guess what? In talk radio, you can't listen. You got to respond. You have to have stuff you want to get off your chest. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Now, wouldn't this be amazing if he takes my advice and this becomes his comeback, one of his comebacks? Because the podcast ain't working for him. I listen to the podcast. Oh, my God. It's dreadful. <sighs> and he wants you to pay for it. He monetizes it. Like, who the hell is going to pay for that? Yeah. yeah. So the point is, is, if he really wants this to be part of his portfolio, he's got to work at it. To your credit, Anthony Weiner has worked at it. And worked at it and worked at it. And every week gotten a little better and better and better by doing podcasts, doing live broadcasts. You're always available. 
you're telling Captain uh, Catchman T to say, put me in, coach, wherever you want to put me in. And you've done a great job. So that, imagine last week I had the perfect focus group. Republicans, moderate Democrats, some independents at the this Ronald at Reagan. The, at the Ronald Reagan Republican right. Club, yeah. There's like 200 people there. We're introducing our candidate to take on Caban, Kelly Klingman, really good candidate. And people were coming up to me and saying, you know, I listened at first. I didn't, you know, I had my problems with Anthony, his personal stuff. I would never like his politics. But I got to tell you, he's really getting good. And again, why? Because you worked at it. This just, it took me three years. So I know Andrew's listening out there on WLIR. They all listen out there. Him, Fredo, and Joe Pacoco is wartime consigliere. Andrew, if you want to do this as a thing of yours, listen to your old father's broadcast. When he was syndicated for a year on 124 stations from WABC, he crashed and burned. They said he was brilliant but unlistenable. You, you, you can't do that in talk radio. Get yourself a partner. Reach out to Pataki. Humble yourself a little bit. Say, you know, you and me, man, this thing could blow up. It's good at NB uh, on TV like Crossfire. Because they don't really have that any longer. It's like you, you watch Fox News Channel. It's one side. MSNBC, it's the other side. Well, you know, that's the other thing. You know, he came and he sat down yesterday and he says, I'm going to do all of the same platitudes I hear everyone else doing on conservative radio. You talk about this all the time. I don't care how conservative you are. You don't want to hear the same thing over and over and over again. You don't want to hear, you know, you want to hear you want a little bit of friction with your with your diet. And uh, and I think he would be great like that because he's smart as heck. He can figure out the other sides of things, but he's got to be. But if he wants to, if he thinks the way to do it is, I'm going to kind of like the way his brother did it with you. It sounds like I want to hold my options open by not really saying no, much of anything. No. That's not the way but to do good radio. Think of it. Remember when Crossfire first came about on CNN? Pat Buchanan and he would have a conservative, and it was a great show. Yeah, both points. Then Hannity and Combs in the beginning, both points, a great show. It hasn't come back, and CNN is looking for this kind of a program to break through because they're just boxed out MSNBC on the left, Fox on the right, and they want to be in the middle. You imagine George Vitaki versus Andrew Cuomo, uh, a restart of Crossfire. I and agree. Then, and then the program on radio once a week. Oh, my God. A simulcast, radio and TV. Right. It would blow up. Especially if they both kind of say... And, and they have a good rhythm with one another. Yeah. Like they're not, you know, part of what happened with Crossfire is it became just a pissing match. Yeah. But um, if they have a pretty good rhythm with together, if they're willing to every once in a while say I agree with that or something like that. But if I believe that that um, the ultimate has to start with, I'm not thinking about running for office. I'm just going to think about being good no. at this. If they're thinking about running for office, talk radio is not for you. Yeah. Seven-second sound bites do not work in your head. It's like your seven-second delay if you think like that, which politicians do, you know that, Anthony. You were one of the few who really didn't. You let it fly. And you know me. I let it all right. fly. It's a Gatling gun. You're dead on arrival in talk creator. Hey, look, I've given you free advice. If you, you see, went to consultants, it would cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. You're the example of the opposite. I bet you uh, Eric Adams had an a, a opposition research book the size of the yellow pages yes, of did. stuff that you had said. But because you were being the same person Behind the mic, as you are on the campaign trail, it's like accusing someone. What's but yes, remember, you're he, accusing him of being Curtis Lee. He won the Democratic primary, ranked choice voting, right? And then right away, out of the box, even though I knew him for 42 years, he said Curtis Lee was a racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobe, xenophobe. I had vertical, 
And I said, and what else? That's what my words from. Yeah. And what else? A two. And it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Didn't go anywhere. It's the left versus the right. It's the left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner. See, uh, they come up with the wrong Joker song. Yeah, that, that's not the Joker. This is not the Joker. So I figured Kevin Joyce would abandon ship and run out here. You know, like, too, they're nodding their heads. They know what the Joker song is. The pedophile on a pedestal. See, you have no idea. Look at them. They're looking at us like, who? Who, who was just sent back to jail in England? String the dots together. The theme song for the Joker. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Academy Award winning. They're filming a scene down at the Manhattan court. That's right. There it is. Oh, Gary Glitter. Yeah, what a bunch of schmucks and putzes here. You know, these these hipsters and millennials, they know nothing about nothing. So anyway, the first Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, amazing. Amazing, right? It wins yeah. Academy Award. He's now filming Joker 2 with Lady Gaga. You're going to have a thousand demonstrators outside the Manhattan court. They don't need to. They could get the anti-Trumpers who are there every day, the pro-Trumpers, just put them together, have them fight. Just make a scene. Yeah. Like jets and sharks. And ironically, they're filming scenes there today and tomorrow, right outside of Bragg's courthouse and office. And this is the theme song for Joker 1. Now, Gary Glitter has been put back in jail. Uh, but the fact is, this song will live in perpetuity. Can you imagine that? Meantime, front page of all the papers today, Trump is totally wigging out. I see him with the baseball bat. I said, wait a second. Last time I saw this, Joe Clark. Remember the principal of Eastside oh, yeah, Patterson right. High School with the baseball they made a bat? a movie about him. Right, and the uh, bullhorn. Like, what the hell is this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break his kneecaps? He's out of control. And he's not doing himself any favor, is he? Do you think Trump's going to do I mean, look, I've heard of this line of argument that it's good for Trump to be prosecuted. I actually kind of agree with it. I think it rallies his base. Even Ron DeSantis has to say, yeah, this is outrageous. But he's got he's to he's shut up already, Trump. No, no, agree? no. But this shows you how unhinged he is. Come on. You're the victim here. You're the Joan of Arc. They're going to burn you at the stake. Let it happen. If you could, let them handcuff your fingerprint, your photograph. Your, oh, my God, it will gin up his uh, numbers against uh, DeSantis, who now is sort of reconfigurating his own campaign because he realizes he can't be a, a Jeb Bush, too. He'll get slaughtered. Yeah. So if you notice, uh, he just had an interview. He's coming out swinging. He's no Jeb Bush, but still, just at the cusp of being the victim here, that people are gonna like who no, I, hate him. I think you're right. I think that's. I have said two weeks in a row. He should just shut up. Let this thing play out. It, you know, whatever it is. If you, if you, if you can't discredit Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen, I mean, I can do that. I'm not even a lawyer. I, I think, and and but but he he is. I mean, look at the position he's put. Does every one of his opponents has been asked about this guy getting arrested? It has to say, "Oh yeah, Donald Trump. It's outrageous what's happening to him." He's a victim. This is perfect for him. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't. I, I think the. But no, he takes the picture. He puts it up on his social networking. He knows what he's doing. 
And then he removes it after he gets you its see that part, intended I'm not, time. You see, that part I'm not sure. You know, we give him a lot of credit for being a genius. It could just be he's very impulsive. And we read in all of this meaning into these things that he didn't mean. It's just because we assume he's as really being. Well, no, his supporters will make excuses for him for everything. It, it, that's yeah. not what he meant. Uh, he was set up. Uh, you know, the photographer took the photo and promised him he would I never. Mean, but calling Bragg an animal, I mean, honestly, just I, I just think, just shut up already, man. Absolutely. Just... And this is why I have not supported Trump. Look, I got the petition out there. People can go online to the petition. I've been calling for the removal of Bragg since he got elected. We have 22,000 signatures out there. You find the petition. You just put your name on it. Uh, it's great because uh, I want him removed. Others would disagree. If we ever had recall in Manhattan, people don't realize this is the bluest of all boroughs. There is no red in Manhattan. He would get reelected overwhelmingly, probably by 80, 85 percent. People have no idea. Manhattan, they love this guy, Bragg. Well, n- the Trump thing helps him politically. Absolutely. Up to now. I bet you if you walk around your neighborhood on the Upper West Side, even the most liberal person who had been supporting him was probably having second thoughts. Yeah, but they love all the illegal weed uh, shops that are up, the pop-up uh, shops that he said he yeah, he was going to use civil forfeiture and he's done nothing, like and everything else. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's a good issue for him, too. But how dumb is this? With a baseball bat, threatening violence, coming on the cusp of January 6th, where you're saying, I want you to protest peacefully. And let me give credit where credit is due. The first demonstration was by Gavin Wax and the Young Republicans. Perfect. You know, they were disciplined. They answered the questions. They didn't respond to any negativity from the counter crowd. I felt that they set the proper tone because everyone was worried about a second January 6th. And so who throws gasoline on the fire? Former President Donald Trump with the bat in his hand saying, yeah, attack. What the hell is this? Yeah. No, so, you know, if you're a Republican and you wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been victimized, you say, no, 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 here we go again. No, he, he here we go again. You see, now, he doesn't understand that part of what he needs to do is not remind Republicans and Democrats, not remind Republicans of the, the liability that he, he will be as a candidate. That, you know, it's going to harken back to January 6th. Think about the moderate, suburban, educated, Republican-leaning voter who does not want to go through all this. Anthony, just think, middle-aged women. You are never going to attract middle-aged women, including Republicans, uh, if you continue with these kind of antics. You'll get a lot of males, you know, macho, maniacal, with high levels of testosterone. But guess what? Look at the analytics. You know it yourself running for office. Women overwhelmingly vote over men. Uh, they are the number one voters. They vote uh, as if it's a religious rite of passage, suburban moms, inner city moms. You know, they vote. Men, eh, come see, come see. By side. the way, don't, I kind of think he's in a weird kind of win-win, re, win-win thing with Bragg right now. Let's assume he gets indicted and he and he prosecutes the case and he gets off. That's obviously a win. I beat, you know, I proved that I'm innocent. I've now proven I'm innocent. Let's assume he gets indicted and he's found guilty. He can say the same things about how outrageous this prosecution is anyway. And the third option is they wind up, and I don't think this is going to happen, they wind up not indicting. Then he can say, you see, it turned out to be BS after all. And then look at Sid's friend, Joe Tacopini, is like lens lights. He's doing every interview. 
First of all, you know, he's the greatest, he's the best, Sid, knock it off. I remember when he represented Bernard Carrick, and he sunk Bernard Carrick up in Bronx, Bronx Court. He sunk Bernard Carrick. So let's stop with this. He's the greatest. Oh, man, there's never been a greater lawyer than Tapioca Head, Takapina. No, 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 no. I remember what he did to Bernard Carrick, right? How come nobody seems to remember that, huh? How come nobody seems to remember how he turned on Bernie Carrick and stuffed him? Well, I, I don't even know this story. Oh. He represented him but did it badly? Oh, let's just say he did things that an attorney should not do. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Look, Bernie Carrick, uh, he's been through a lot, too, just like you. Yep. Yep. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to talk about what I know transpired. But this is Curtis Sliwa. I know where all the bones are buried and who buried them. And Sid, stop with this. Uh, you know, he's the greatest lawyer of all time. Uh, not when it came to representing Bernie Carrick. By the way, I, I was away for a few days in Europe. Did you get banned from the show? Yes. Wow. Banned in the USA, although they took a vote of their commission. And the commission, naturally, Lou, Macedonian Phil said, keep him out in perpetuity. To... Uh, to his credit, your old adversary in the well of the house, Peter King, who I malign every chance I have for bringing in George Santos, the drag queen, and yeah. being a stain to the Republicans, uh, he said, no, bring him back. And then Bo Dito, everyone thought for sure this guy is going to go thumbs down. We've been at war with one another. He said, no, bring him back. Huh. And then Sid voted to bring me back. So the commission of uh, Sid and Friends brought me back. So I'm on, again, 705 Mondays, Wednesdays, Are you on, on, on double secret probation, like an animal house? Are you like, you have to be on your best behavior, or don't you have a second gear? Well, you just have the on-off switch. They've given me a, a list, a long list, like the old yellow pages of all the people I can't malign. I have a feeling <laughs> this suspension is going to last maybe one week, and then it will lead to an expulsion, and then it's all-out war. All-out war against Sid. And friends, because I'm the fiend and I'm the foe. I don't forgive you, Peter King, even though you voted for me. And Bo Dito, we're back to it. This is not a favor that's going to be returned. You know Curtis Sliwa. Left versus right. Anthony's celebration of a great first year in talk radio. He's really earned his stripes. And believe it or not, I made it to 69 tomorrow Sunday. You know how they rewarded me? It took my hour away, and they gave it to the golden boy, the golden child, Andrew Giuliani, who was too busy playing golf the past few weekends with Donald Trump, not with the baseball bat in his hand, but with baby Bertha. That's right, baby Bertha, not Sunday, baby Bertha. Sunday's ABC, anyone but Curtis. Exactly. You're the one who coined that phrase. Anybody but Curtis? No. I will come back with a vengeance to where WABC represented always broadcasting curse. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Another gift to America from Patrick Juve during the disco years. Imagine a patriotic song in disco. You normally, disco music was vapid. You know, I never had a message yeah, of meaning true. this vapid, not this great song. And it points out all the French have done for us in our revolution, giving us the lady in the harbor, the Statue of Liberty. And I see now you have sampled uh, parody 
and the subway system, not the sewer system, the subway system, correct? Well, even though the sewer system has now come up to the street levels because there's a trash strike going on now. You know, they're protesting Macron's proposal to increase the retirement age. Fascinating, though, there, you know, walked around the city a lot, did a lot of walking, a lot of mass transit, and and the garbage hasn't been collected. But in the working class communities, they've collected the garbage. Yes. In the fancy tourist areas and the place near the Ritz and everything else, that's where the garbage pile is. They, they're, they're not dumb, these, 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 these guys. And, and they'll close it. So it was in an Uber also when they suddenly a protesters closed down a major thoroughfare and were stuck in this. Long. The Uber driver didn't flinch. He's so used to having strikes, he didn't hesitate at all, whatever it is, even though when you're, you're fixed price for the cab, he had to add a lot to it. He supported the... The protesters, so he wasn't beefing. It's not us versus them. Now, remember, uh, they just want to raise retirement age from 60 to 62, two years. I think it's 62 to 64, something like Yeah, right. It's only two years. It's very different. It's a very different vibe around work there. You know, they don't they don't live for their work. They, no. they work so they can have a nice retirement. And exactly. exactly. But I have to tell you, you know, the, the thing that I should want to talk to you about, because you had so much experience with subways around the world. You know, there are so many things that are nice about the Paris subway system that there's no real reason why we couldn't have. Like, oh. when, you know, like it's – they're all well-lit. It's not as – it's not as – you don't have a sense you're going into the bowels with their – like we have in yeah. ours. Yeah. It's – you know, we have cleaning crews. They have cleaning crews. But for some reason, like their cleaning crews are very old-fashioned. It's a guy with a rolling bucket and a physical broom, an actual yeah. old-fashioned broom. Yeah. Um, the, the trains are smaller and narrower, so people are jammed in tighter together. But people seem to work with it. They they see it. now maybe that's the difference. Well, the big difference from years ago is now more Parisians take showers when they never took showers. <laughs> that was difficult, right? And also they're required now to shave their underarm hair and yes. things like that. Yes, that's that's an important improvement. But uh, it was it was impressive to see because it's a much it's an old system. I mean, the the, the country and the city have been around for a, a very long time. There are elements of it. They still have a single fare kind of ticket that you can get, which never worked because they get magnetized. Like our system of being able to swipe your credit card or just tap your phone is much better than theirs, et cetera. But it really is a very impressive thing. Well, the best thing is rubber tires. Quieter, much you quieter. You don't hear the screeching of steel on steel, the steel wheels on the steel tracks. Uh, Montreal is very similar. It was built to the same prototype. And there they have stained glass windows with with philharmonic music pumped in, and the best system, even though it's one of the oldest, Moscow's. Moscow's, sometimes in the center part of the city, you got to go down three levels because they used it also uh, as a method to avoid uh, getting hit with the bombing raids of the Nazis when they were invading right, right on up to the gates of uh, Moscow. You have women with babushkas on their head, and they're cleaning the platforms like there's no tomorrow. You can eat off the platforms. You can eat off the floor of the trains. The trains are old. They're from the 50s or 60s. They haven't upgraded them. You have a Timex watch on the columns in each station telling you to a tenth of a second when the train is going to get there, and it gets there. It's amazing. And it's wooden slats they have escalators with still the old wooden slats. Oh, that's the other thing, yeah. That's the other thing. I did a lot of escalators um, in some, every one of them was working. I did on this trip here from 14th street, I did three escalators, two out of the three weren't working. I mean, it's, I, I there are things that are frustrating. Now I get if we would have had a, a you know, a byfield or someone or from, or, or, or Lieber from the MTA say, here's why it's harder for us. But you know, another thing we did, 
you know, we, we talked about Cuomo earlier, that extension of the Second Avenue subway, we had made everything so elaborate and fancy and everything else. You know, for a good subway system, it just has to be clean. It has to be well lit. It has to be efficient. The other thing about efficiency on this thing, the doors open, they close, bang, bang, bang. They, you know, it is not, it's not a long, uh, a, a linger time. People know they've got to get off. In fact, in most of the doors, they have to unlatch the door to, 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 to get out. Um, it was a very, it was an impressive experience. Look, I mean, I've been on the subways in Rio de Janeiro. They're better than here. Mexico City, they're better than here. You say, wait. It's like a third world country, right, Chris? Well, you know, we love to bash Mexico. Don't go on spring break to Mexico. Meantime, we're all the problem. Florida, <laughs> Miami Beach, Mexico. Don't go to, don't go to Capo. Don't go to uh, Cancun. Oh, you might get killed. Take the subway system in Mexico City. No air conditioning. It'll be a little difficult in the summer. What a hell of a lot better run. Yeah. We can do better. Than our subway system. There's a whole world out there. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 